0: U.S. News Podcast Series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and as always, let's say uh, hello and welcome to our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson.
1: Hello, Patrick, and boy, i got to tell you, it is good to be back home.
0: (laughs) You don't like California or what? What's the deal?
1: No, it, it wasn't so much California. It was the 3,000 miles in between. You know, that was the real issue. I I think I'm going to have Road Warrior tattooed somewhere because it just felt like that, you know, the road went on forever and the party never ends, right? Yeah, well,
0: you know, I, I, you know, I did get the email that you uh, did ride through beautiful Yuma, and I think you rode right by a wonderful uh, test site right there near Quartzite. Is this not true? Did you enjoy the cactus?
1: Texas, this is a fact, you know. Well, I, you know, being from Texas, we don't have anything like that. And I, I thought it was people waving at me, so I kept waving back, and you know, it was kind of odd. But uh, as a matter of fact, we actually broke down in our mobile command unit about thirty miles outside of Yuma, right in the middle of the desert. So. I was real familiar with a couple of cactuses real close there for about uh, eight hours while we uh, tried to find a tow truck big enough to pull us back. So yeah, yeah. I, I was right there, and I, I agree with your your your. You used to call it what? Yuma stand.
0: That's correct, sir.
1: It felt like the rock pile. That's for sure, because it was hot and uh,
0: pretty disgusting. Yes, it's a, it's an acquired taste,
1: uh, to say the least. And, you know, I'm used to the warm weather, and uh, I can take hot, but I guess it's the circumstances when you're sitting there with a big Ford 7.3-liter diesel that won't run and you're in the heat and you're wanting to get out of it. I guess that kind of tends to uh, shade your view there, doesn't it? It can. It can.
0: And, you know, we should uh, – well, we'll talk about why Gene was out here in uh, beautiful, sunny California and then uh, also down there in Arizona. But uh, uh, we've been pretty busy. There's lots of stuff going on. Uh, people are asking me, oh, you know, hey, what's going on? And I tell them we got more irons than there are fire or more irons than there is fire. And we got a ton of stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy um literally um so if it sounds a little wheels off that's because it is a little wheels off <laughs> cuz there's so much to do but um i did want to uh i want to cover we're going to cover some of that stuff we're going to cover some of the news um anything in particular i mean there was a lot of stuff going on in the last week week and a half and and the podcast was dark partially because of some of that but uh any any news stories gene that uh that caught your eye in between uh, your road trips and everything else.
1: Well, like you say, there's in two weeks so much can happen here in the industry. And what has really, really surprised me is how many manufacturers are coming out of the woodwork. Do you have you noticed how many newly named UAs are popping out, having press releases, and new companies that are starting up to to try to manufacture UAs and get them out in various reasons. You know, of course, we've seen the the precision farming kind of blew, no pun intended, uh, here as of, of recent times. But uh, I, you know, I'm I'm really kind of concerned that there's a lot of folks out there that are jumping into this game, thinking that they're gonna, you know, have this this perfect system for everyone to use. And I don't believe people realize how many systems are available. Do you, do you get that impression?
0: Oh yeah, well that's wheels off too. I'm, I'm, that's an, another thing I've been trying to do during all of this is I've, I'm on a hard deadline for a article I'm writing about uh, precision ag, and, and some of that's in it. You know, uh, take a step back. I mean, I, I but, you know people, it's it's almost it's a I don't uh, it, it's like a fever pitch. I will say, though, there's yeah. a fever pitch, um, I'm just rolling out. We we are confirmed for dates for the expo in May. We're doing the second expo here in May 8th and 9th in oh, San Francisco. Yeah, and already people are like, I want in. Sponsors want in. People want on board. So, you know, I think this, this year is going to be bigger and better. I want to do, I really want to, I want to try and do a, uh, I want to do a little bit of an, a drone art show. So any artists that may be listening out there, I'm looking for some pieces, nothing crazy uh, wouldn't I would like them to not be uh let's say dark. I'd like them to be positive but uh I mean, there was so much interest and so many people wanted a copy of the poster from last year. I think we'll probably have some of those on um uh on hand this year but uh i I think that there's an interest i know i'm I wish I could find uh I I've actually people that have done it, I've I've asked them if I could get copies of what they're doing, but usually it's either sold or you know they don't get back. So, you know, that might be another interesting thing. Plus, we're gonna have another lineup of world class speakers uh, already. Um I've already got people signed on, somebody from NASA, we got somebody who's using um I, I believe they're using the micro drones for uh They're doing work on oil platforms out in the North Sea. Um, we got some people that are doing TV and film. Um, There's some agriculture people, of course. we we got all kinds of people. Uh, So there's – I would say that things are heating up. I do believe that you are correct, though, with the ag thing. I think people are uh, going off the deep end. Um, But, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe someone will come up with the right mousetrap and the right thing. I don't know. I'm – I'm standing back and I'm going to see, but uh that is very hot right now. Uh any anything else catch your catch your attention?
1: The uh the the more that we hear about it and the more we hear about governmental sequestration and things like that, it seems to be a catch-all for just about everything that that we hold near and dear. Uh, of course, the misomatic has been updated. You know, we've gone from uh, December on the, the NPRM for the uh, small ruling out to sometime in the ether of 2014, and I I can't tell you how many people have expressed the same frustration that we have been expressing for the last eight years. And uh, you know now we've got uh, you know a, a great filibuster going with uh, Mr. Cruz, and they're all trying to defund uh, the Obamacare and shut down the government, and it just continues to to show that our, our government is just, you know, we're, we're so dependent upon them to get so many different things done, and it, it's just it's crazy. I, I i don't know really which way to go on this one you know i'm pro in, in certain instances and con and in, in some, but uh, I tell you it's it's getting uncomfortable to watch all that go on,
0: yeah, well, the sequestration things really kicked me in the shins um, my program at the bad lab is totally done it is over so i'm out looking i'm I'm out shaking the bushes for whoo another uh wow. Another employment opportunity, which is too bad. I really like that one. But, you know, um, the sequestration thing, they cut the NIE budget. I guess it was working too good. So I'm dead in the water there. But, you know, well, I think there's going to be some con- contraction in the in the industry. I have noticed that some big contracts have been going out. October 1st is the drop dead. Um, you probably noticed that. Yeah. I think uh, General yeah. Atomics got a fat one. And so did yeah. AV. And those yes. are probably sustainment, uh, but I, I think that uh, a lot of people are starting to feel the pinch. Let's say, so
1: we'll, we'll you, see. You know, I've always said I've always said that there's only a few letters between self and unemployment. So
0: <laughs> this is true. So yeah, well, you know, everybody's got a hustle. That's I, get, I hear that one too. Everybody's like, "Wow, man, you're all over the place. You're doing all this stuff." Well, it's hard to make a living in this field. And you gotta you gotta spread yourself out and you know multiple income streams. But uh, that was interesting that you hit on the the pushback on the test date thing, and you know that's funny because uh, that's a really hot topic. Also, folks have been asking. Uh, I know I've been getting feeling this question all the time: who I'd lay bets on as far as who's going to get a test center. Uh, yeah. interesting enough, and I, I don't know if I covered this already, but I did hear that there were about 50 plus or minus uh, applications that were were first turned in, and those were pared down to 30 plus or minus, but uh, only about 10 are, are, I would say, plausible or workable, and that's what I've heard, and those uh, test centers that are probably going to happen are – I'm just kidding. Oh,
1: you're going to make a prediction? Are you oh, go ahead. I think you should make a prediction. I've got a couple myself, but uh, I would be curious to hear what yours are, Mr. Patrick.
0: Well, you know, it's getting down to the point, and people are asking this um, because I think people and I and I'm I'm not go, I, I'm not going to. Uh, I think at this point, I don't know if I want to make predictions because they get hurt people. Um. I have been hearing from people who want to invest in, in areas that uh, have test center things going and uh, deals are being made and whatever else. And I, I don't know if I want to uh, put my two cents in there and and, and that my dirt deals <laughs> that are going on. So I'm going to – this is a gold mine show, not a gem mine show. So I'm going to back off of that one. Uh, I will just say – the only thing I will say is I look for test centers close to some of the larger vendors. That's all. That's all I will say. But if you want to make a, if you would like to make some protections, Gene, go right ahead.
1: Well, you know, with my Karnak hat on, you know that's the great Karnak. The Karnak, guy. yes. Uh, to to quote someone much greater than me, uh, I, I agree with your your estimation that it's going to be near some of the larger vendors. Uh, you know, obviously General Atomics is a large vendor, and Boeing is a large vendor. Lockheed Martin's a large vendor. So, you know, start looking in those areas. That's uh, that's three of them right there. But I, I also think that uh, uh, Fort Sill's got a shot since they're already working at uh, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think North Dakota has got a good shot. And uh, I think that um, North Carolina's got a shot. Surprise, surprise.
0: Well, there there are a couple of states. I will say the the other thing with that too is to really uh, think about the business model too. There's uh, you know that's part of it uh, with the application. Is I mean it's got to pay for itself. Um, the ones that I've been in, involved with, it's like hmm. You know what do you want to fly here? Um, I, I I do think that uh, down there at the UAS portal here in California uh, that I Eileen has got a a good idea, and I think she's on track for what really needs to be done to get like small business and innovation in there um you know i don't know how much support she's getting from people in the state of california i mean we're just i don't even want to go there uh but you're going to need support of the state and there are other states out there that are putting up money which is encouraging i mean if you really think you have a credible shot at this deal you're going to have to put up a little bit of money um you know i did get the call early on with this from mike in congressperson's office and the phone was ringing what you know what, what what's this worth you know i go well some people are saying billions all right thanks that's all i needed to know click you know okay you know, <laughs> but it doesn't come with billions you know you're going to have to find your own billions and that that business model's going to have to work um you know i mean technically there's this test site right now new mexico state university you can go down that's there correct. and you can you can go through. I've I've tried to push people there and say, hey, you know, you get that equivalent level of certification. Nobody wants to pay for it. I, you know, it's not going to be free. You know, I don't. Well, it's not going to be. Know, uh, the, go ahead.
1: I've I've heard some pretty good numbers, Patrick. I mean, uh, from I don't know whether it's uh, you know pre-release hype or whether they've actually done some really close pencil figuring on these numbers, but. Uh, you know, we kind of estimated that some of the weekly charges could be pretty outrageous up into the, you know, five figures mark. And uh, I have seen some, some stuff come out, come down the pipe for estimations that don't look too bad. I mean, they're in the the, the thousands mark, and some of them are even in the hundreds mark. Hmm. So that's uh, encouraging to me, but, I, I again, I don't know whether that's pre-press hype or, or pre release hype, whether they've actually got good numbers on that or, you know, it's just the uh <laughs> to to get you into the showroom or what, but it's that sounded pretty encouraging to me.
0: It does, it does. And uh, if that works that will be uh that would be great. Um know, <clears throat> yeah, it can't be fifty thousand a week. You know, I don't think that no, that's gonna work. No.
1: No, that's not I don't think that's gonna happen either. <laughs>
0: No, I don't think that's going to go. Oh, and then the other thing I wanted to hit on, too, is it seems like there's a lot of stuff falling out of the sky, and uh, I want to take this opportunity to kind of say, you know, I I I think that the other thing, the fever pitch thing now, uh, talking to people in the community or whatever else, and everybody's ready to go, and people are buying drones, and I got my own personal drone, and... I'm a drone pilot, and all the rest of this, and I don't think people are putting a thinking cap on before they go out and fly. Um, you know, cause I would, we've had a, I would
1: agree with you on that count, and you know, we have always advocated that there, there needs to be some sort of common sense regulation on this. We've we've never backed away from that, but again, with community based standards that need to be adhered to, and uh, you know, some level of certification for aircraft. It doesn't necessarily have to be the you know the full certification of every nut and bolt on your slow stick sort of right. certification, but it, it should certainly have proven itself in flight. And these folks are going to have to know the rules of the road when it comes to the airways. I mean, because there there are no red lights and no yield signs up there, and they got to figure it out. So, well,
0: and they're... They're lowering the, the credibility of the entire industry. I mean, you know, if Oh, I don't you know, the next one will be I don't want a drone falling on my head. I mean it, it already there's already news articles out there. Oh, you know, people have trepidations about it uh, whacking you in the face during your wedding or falling out of the sky where you're running from bulls or there was that deal in Spain and there's you know uh, the other thing, and I agree with that aircraft certification. Talked to somebody else the, the other day. There's a lot of people rolling out new aircraft, and they're using parts and pieces that I would call uh, substandard. There's a real flight to economy instead of quality. And I'll tell you right now, that business model is not going to work. If you can't perform because your, um, your aircraft is, is crashing all the time, I wouldn't want you on my site. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I don't want to do any work with you. I mean, it'd be like anything else. You know, you have a guy that works for you and he comes in every day late because he got into another accident or had some, you know, I, I just didn't want to deal with that. So I, I, you know, it's a, it's your own credibility is at stake. You roll out with uh, junk. That's going to be your reputation. Plus, like I said, you're bringing down the tone of the entire industry. So let's, let's put the old thinking cap on there before we're flying over people. Um, stuff does happen, so, eh, just, you know, something to ponder before you fly over the crowd. (laughs) Anything you'd like to add to that, Gene?
1: Uh, well, no, no, just don't fly over the crowd. How about that? I
0: think it's pretty easy. That, that one's good. So, one other thing I did want to mention before we get into this deal is also that there is UAV Day at the fleet. October 6th from uh, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Ruben H. Fleet Science Center in San Diego. And uh reason I mention that is they will be screening the uh, civilian drones movie. And if uh, people yeah, remember a couple... of That's the full version. Full version. Uh, it's going to be pretty heavy duty. Um, I mean, uh, the feedback I've been getting is uh, people are like, whoa. So... We we had uh, Maha Calderon on a few weeks ago. You can listen uh, about her the, the the ethos behind the film. Um, I think it's going to raise some some eyebrows and some questions uh, for people. So uh, if you're in the area, I would definitely shoot down there and see that. And I just wanted to me you know put that out there. But uh, let's talk about what you're up to today, Gene. I know you're you're going to go out, you're out in the field or you're heading out into the field. We
1: are trying to get our act together here, which uh, we do fairly well on in most instances. But we've got batteries, charges, charging and fuel going in, and uh, we're about ready to go out and start our training cycle with uh, our NIST proponent, which we've had Alex uh, on the, the show during the Bastrop burn that we did in April. And uh, we are preparing to do yet more research. I don't know if you saw it yesterday, but the AP ran uh, a story yesterday that got picked up by just about every outlet out there concerning the WUI, the Wildland Urban Interface Exposure Scale. So it's suddenly getting a lot of publicity out there. We were kind of, you know, off in the shadows doing our own thing, and it's just kind of busted loose and gone viral. So we are going out today to continue doing the science that uh, we are attempting to, to finish that uh, that project. So we've got uh, a quiver of super bats lined up. They're all flying duos, and we're going to try to geolocate and, and orthorectify some video which is something that not too many folks have done. There's some been some stuff done in the military, but not to mm. the level that we're doing it. So it's, uh, you know, we've got a pretty full dance card. I mean, it's kind of late coming in because we're doing a lot of stuff this morning trying to get prepared for it. But, uh, you know, it is some of the coolest science that I have been involved with with unmanned aircraft. So it's a uh, it, it's a great opportunity, and uh, God, it's it's nice to be able to do this legally under the COA that we have here, and we don't have to worry about it. So uh, it's it's uh, it's a big deal. I know
0: it's uh, I'm you know I mean, maybe uh, at this, the, the upcoming expo we can talk about fire instead of SAR I mean I enjoyed your presentation about SAR but I think the the fire thing is pretty interesting too and then again if you wanted to go back and listen to that podcast uh, with Alex it, it, very interesting um, again I like to get these guys these scientist guys all spooled up on, on you know what their passion is It's a, that's a good podcast I learned a lot um, so, you got the super bats out there. You guys are going to go nuts. Uh, they they really like those super bats, huh?
1: You know, they've been very capable birds. We've uh, come to know them and love them. They're, you know, not the most sleek and streamlined birds in the world, but they are very capable. And uh, we have flown the, these five that we have a lot, a lot. And uh, they... Perform like troopers. Got no
0: complaints yeah. with them. They're yeah, they're they're nice. Uh we they were actually uh, had we had their product line on display at the Small Unmanned Systems Business Expo. Uh MLB company is uh they, they are members of my chapter out here in Silicon Valley, great people. Um good guys. Uh, I'm I'm glad that, that all worked out and that's a positive thing. Um any uh any Any highlights uh that you did want to share with us or are you kind of keeping that under under wraps
1: well one of the the highlights that uh we we're preparing for right now is in November we have a ranch owner out here who has very graciously allowed us to set a torch to it, and uh we're going to be doing some prescribed burns whereby we are going to have aircraft overhead and and collect some some uh, pivotal data if I might be so bold as to say that, that is going to help us do some of the things that, that we need to do to get this 3D model for fire exposure done. I mean, it's it, you really do have to look at it as a cube, you know, because you've got mm-hmm. fire on the ground and you've got uh, uh, environment, you know, all the way up to 400 feet. That, I mean, we're trying to, to get every layer that we can of that. So yeah, that's that's going to be a, a pretty good one. I I don't know that I'm going to be able to do any uh, d- to do a podcast during that period. It would be great if I could, but that one's going to be pretty important for us.
0: Well, that it's it's hard um, to pull all of that off, and that's I mean the next thing I wanted to talk about the the next segment. However, I do want to I I do want to. It's time to pay the bill, so I'm going to run this advertisement from from Hood Tech.
1: Okay.
0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Hood Technology, experts in advanced EO-IR gyro-stabilized four-axis imaging systems for small UAS. The company offers low-swap payloads integrating EO, MWIR, and lasers to provide unparalleled long-range imaging from moving platforms. Visit www.hoodtech.com for more information. H-O-O-D-T-E-C-H.com. I want to thank Hood Tech. Oh well, well you know uh, you gotta you gotta produce something decent, pay the rent, and I want to thank them again, Hood Tech, uh, for sponsoring today's podcast. Um, It's all of our sponsors at SUAS News are great. Um, You know it's kind of an interesting thing. I don't want to get too far off into the weeds on that, but uh, most people that come and advertise at the SUAS News kind of join the family. And, uh, I really, I, I enjoy that relationship with those people. You meet some great folks, um, yep. who've got some good products and, uh, our philosophy is, is that we want to help them succeed while helping us to succeed. So th- that's good. Um, Getting into the, the next part of this and talking about doing podcasts when there's a lot going on, uh, the reason that Gene was in California last week was to uh, come up here and we did a um, – I was invited. It wasn't really my thing, but we did a, uh, a demo for the California National Guard. And it was actually uh, on a Wednesday, and I wrote a little story about it, which is up on SUAS News. If you want to go read there, it talks about some of the uh, people that participated in some of the products. But uh, we had thought about doing a podcast from the demo, but, man, it was, it was just a little too busy. Wouldn't you say, Gene?
1: Yeah, it was a fun, packed day, I, I would have to give it that much because we didn't have much time to do anything but uh, talk and, and demonstrate and fly and then talk a whole lot more.
0: <laughs> yes, and uh, you know, so it is, it, that's another thing. When you get together, too, I mean, we, we have you know, Gene and I have a lot of other irons that are in the fireplace and so you got to get do that and then you got to get set up for the demo and you're talking to people and, and uh, Looking at systems and everything else. So uh, it just gets a little a little too busy, but uh, you know, we're here to recap that today and um, It was actually uh pretty interesting uh, Set up, you know, we did some present or there were some presentations given about uh, different software and I really did like um you know, I don't, I don't know if that I have that gentleman's card right in front of me. It's in the news story, but the one common operator's picture that kind of reminded me of a social media, like a Facebook or something. God, you, you want to talk yeah. about easy to use, man? Uh, you know, I, I think his name was Jason. He's, uh, yeah,
1: they, yeah.
0: Uh, they got that uh, that common operators picture. You know, it's just like some social media site. I mean, the, the 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 value in that to me is that you're you're not on that revolving wheel of training. I mean, pretty much you put somebody on it and they could learn it. You know, uh, not complicated, uh, easy to manage. Man, I was impressed with that. I, I thought that that was uh, that was pretty interesting.
1: Have, have well, you, you, you know. Well, it harks back to back in when I was a a programmer back in the day. In another lifetime, uh, any sort of interface that you could leverage that people use on a daily basis, you tried to exploit that. And everybody uses Facebook. Everybody uses the social media for that sort of you know communication. So why not incorporate it into a common operating picture? where you're getting all sorts of disparate data. You've got chats, you've got video, you've got – and and it works. It just works.
0: It does work. So and it's, why it's,
1: reinvent the wheel?
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, it's just easy, you know. So I, I was really impressed with that. Uh, there was another gentleman there, and I can't find his card. Yes, it's wheels off. You got that warning <laughs> before the show. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the, the the video software, I mean, and all of the different inputs that you could have put in, I mean, I, almost overwhelming how much information there is. And, I, you know, that's another thing, too, I think even with the integration thing, I don't think, like, really people even understand the volume of commerce that goes on in the country every day, like, say, trucks on the road ships in the water, and planes in the air. I mean, really, uh, when he plugged all of those data streams in, I was like, whoa, I couldn't believe how many vehicles there were. So uh, I think that uh, sometimes we lose sight of that, but that was also interesting. Um, You know, I hope to see more of that in the future uh, of of those two programs, and I think we will because I I really think that uh, they have a lot to offer. You know, Uh, the other other. The other people that were there were uh, the people from uh, IPS, and uh, it was we had Clarence Boys and uh, Dave uh, Copenhaver, right? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. that's correct.
0: And those two guys are pretty nice. I, I like Clarence. He's a thinker. He's got that uh, Rubicon cart, and, you know, I, I just, at first, I was like, what? And then I started looking at it, and I'm like, man, you know, that that's not really a bad idea. That is a good idea. And um it seems simple, but you know, it's it's uh it's utilitarian. The only thing I didn't do in the uh, news story I didn't give their website, and so uh I will give that now. It's www.ipsnexgen.com, And you can go over there and see their product line. But they, they had that and then they had they also had the uh IC4U uh command truck. Which is also pretty impressive. Uh, He's got uh, SATCOM. He's got UHF. He's got all kinds of, uh, I think he's got 3G, 4G, and everything else in that uh, command vehicle.
1: I I think if it's a radio frequency, it's in there. And uh, that's what it's all about. And and for the listeners who don't know, the the Rubicon cart is basically a little mobile roll-around unit that's uh, made out of steel that you can put any sort of system into. Uh, for example, uh, we were utilizing it to uh, hold our ground control station and our comms for the uh, the aircraft for the demonstration, and that actually can pop onto the receiver hitch of your truck or your vehicle, crank the wheels up, and you drive away. Uh, the, uh, the, the whole concept is, is that you could drop these off, and they're being self-contained. You can roll them around and do whatever you needed to do, and uh, it has worked, and uh, it does work. It works
0: uh, good, and and you know that was one of the things. I mean, it could uh, the the wheels are big enough that it could uh, roll around on unimproved surfaces. Which you know, I was thinking about that. Most of the demos that I've been at, you've got sensitive electronic equipment being dragged through the sand. You know, some yep. of it's in boxes. You got to take the lid off to uh, hook it up, but it's right there in the dirt, and uh, you know, electronics and dirt. Or uh, not a good combo. It's not like peanut butter and chocolate. So,
1: I uh, you know, that's what
0: I'm saying. I, I think it's good. And the other thing that I really liked about it, uh, besides that it was ultra uh, upgradable or configurable custom configuration and standalone, is that it actually, when it's open and deployed, it's at a, a comfortable working height. You know, so you're not like down on one knee in the dirt working. I hate that. Um, So you can just stand up, and you're actually in a comfortable, uh, you know, hands reach and operate the autopilot. I was the – I got to be the outdoor uh, inside, uh, let's say, pilot monitoring the GCS, and I wanted to talk about that too. Um, You know, you did the demo. I described some of that in the news story, but um, I want to talk about the the autopilot that you're using on the Spectra now, and and maybe you can – you can talk about that a little bit for the listeners.
1: Yeah, we can. Uh, one thing that that I, I do want to stress for our listeners is that we were at uh, Mather Air Force Base, and uh, we got permission to fly, and we actually uh, closed down one portion of the base so that that we could do our our uh, demo uh, in constant contact with tower. And they were it's kind of funny because they were like, "You're flying a lot. But uh, it was typical responses. But one of the things that I, I would like to stress is that we had GA coming in and we had full-scale military coming in and out with uh, the Blackhawks, and we did it safely and we did it successfully. So, again, continuing that role of, of uh, uh, successes with uh, being able to fly small, unmanned with uh, the, uh, the, the full-scale so that being said, I'll, I'll move on. You, Patrick, went to the uh, to the I see four U to be my internal pilot, but uh, about half of the guys, the military guys, went with me out to the tarmac to fly because they wanted to see this thing take off. So you missed out on all the the comments and stuff like that, and it was good natured, you know, kind of military camaraderie that uh, that goes on amongst pilots and and wannabe pilots. So. Uh, they were surprised at how quickly the spectra would take off and get to altitude.
0: And it was pretty windy that day, too. I mean, that's always the case. If you're going to do a demo, the the wind's got to kick up and, uh, you know, add, let's say, the the factor there. But, uh, you know, the the spectra handled the wind, no problem. No issues at all that I saw.
1: And back to the the original, uh, what we started out with uh, was the autopilot, and I've I've got to tell you, I've been really impressed with uh, with the Robota autopilot there at uh, www.robata.us, and we've had this uh, autopilot incorporated a couple of times into our airframe. He just came out with a new version. Uh, the guy that is producing is named Antonio Liska. And he has worked with us, and, and he has taken our input. More importantly, he has listened, and he has incorporated a lot of the things that we've requested for search and rescue and for, you know, even precision farming, for making sure that you get the complete overlap. And it's a robust, very simple, very straightforward autopilot with a very clean ground control station. And I think you'll have to agree with that, right, right, Pastor.
0: Yeah, I was impressed with that. Uh, the interface was um, definitely uncomplicated and uncluttered. Uh, I really liked the checklist feature in it. you got to run through the checklist and click that off. Um, I thought that that was important. A lot of people disregard checklists,
1: but oh, – uh,
0: You can't. There's a lot of safety built into a checklist, you know. I mean, it's hard to remember everything every time. I mean, you know, it's the same deal when I leave the house. I drive down the street, and I'm like, damn it, forgot, you know, whatever. You don't want to do that, uh, you know, when you're going to go flying. So I I think that was an excellent feature. The other things I I did like how, again, it was uncluttered. You could just click right through it. Um, Easy to, let's say, the, the workflow. Easy to manage. The other thing I liked about it is it, again, it could, you know how it acquires its own location, the, the geometrical shapes you can set up. Maybe you can talk more about that. I didn't get a lot of exposure to it, and I'd, uh, if you're listening, Robota, I'd love to love to have one to test. <laughs> <But> maybe <laughs> you could go into it, Gene.
1: Well, some of, I mean, some of the features we have tried to get. And I've always asked for, I said I wanted a a play school version of an autopilot, you know, or or a Fisher-Price version where you could start it up and launch it and not have to worry about it. This is one of those that is that simple. Uh, You can fire it up, and it it will find out where it is, and it will establish uh, an orbit. You set up uh, the, the aircraft and tell it how many meters wide you want that orbit, what the altitude is, and that's all you need to get her up in the air. Uh, Well, there was some...
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I'm just saying that that's that's as simplistic as it gets. Now, from there, you've got the the drag-and-drop waypoints. You can move waypoints easily. Uh, You can set up... One of the really cool things that I think, you can plug in what your field of view is on your sensor. If you're using a camera or a microbolometer or whatever it has. Everything has a field of view. It's not 360 degrees. It's not 180 degrees. It's typically some angle that you can see and what your coverage will be.
0: I if like that. put that, that
1: information yeah. in there. And then it will automatically, based on the altitude that you put in there that you want to fly, it will design a grid pattern that will give you the overlap that you request. Say if you want fifty percent overlap on your pictures. It automatically calculates all that and it automatically sets up the the uh the grid for you and you upload that to the autopilot and it's on its way.
0: Yeah, I when you were telling me about that feature I was like, wow that's that's really cool. So technically you could set up your, your let's say grid pattern over, you know, the cotton field or or whatever the hell you're doing, uh, enter in all that information and, and get complete coverage of the, let's say, subject of the remote sensing. I, I thought that was pretty dang cool.
1: Uh, and you're absolutely guaranteed that the aircraft is going to fly over the area in the pattern that you have uh, shown on the map there. And the really cool thing is, is that if you need to, you can turn it, you can orient it correctly so that uh, it gets you the best coverage for the, the layout of whatever it is you're trying to do. This this system was set up, and, and uh, Antonio has a very extensive mapping background, so this is kind of one of those essentials that you need to make sure that you get 100% coverage. And, well, and I, it's built in.
0: Yeah, I like that. I think, you know, that, that's, uh, that's got some value there. And, again, that interface was, uh, you know, Easy to use, easy to discern too. I mean, I hadn't uh, I hadn't seen it before, but uh, Gene ran through the, the highlights with me. And it was, there we go. Easy to find, easy to manage. Um, you know, it, it was pretty good. Not not overcomplicated, and uh, you know, so I, I think he's got a winner here.
1: Uh, it did simplify communications for us. It was very easy for me to listen to you tell me to check off, check off, check off as, I, as you read through the list, uh, and I just you know sit there and yep, 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 yep as we went down the line. Or oh wait a minute, I got to fiddle with this, and then you know by the time it was done, it pops up and says okay, you're you're ready to launch, clear airspace, do whatever, upload your your pattern, and we were good to go. Showed up on the map nicely. Yeah, you you could de- determine where you wanted to orbit, and, and it was just it was really easy to use.
0: Well, and the one other thing I want to talk about too, because on the Spectre you were flying a, a near IR camera, and you gave a, a pretty uh, interesting, let's say, tidbit of information about IR and search and rescue, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe might run over that again.
1: The uh, the, the thousand foot range, and the uh, is that what you're talking about?
0: Yeah, well, that and uh, how how long you were talking about the body farm and how long with the near IR you could tell like if a body was laying oh. somewhere.
1: Okay, yeah, well, you know, I, uh, based on the reaction that I got when I put my first victim picture up at the SUSB expo, I kind of you know have shied away from that. Didn't want to cause anybody any grief over that one, but yeah, the uh, uh, the the near IR stuff that we have been using, it's uh, get a little technical here, was uh, 660 nanometers. And we can pick out features on the ground that the human eye doesn't normally see. For example, if a person is laying out on the ground, all sorts of really bad things happen to them when they you know, start to decompose. But uh, there's, a, there's a certain point where there's really no trace. You know, the, the vegetation grows up, it does whatever. But that particular plot of ground is marked and we have kind of confirmed this through the body form at Texas State University here. Up to two years. We can still blade up up to two years. So uh that's some pretty exciting stuff. We're we're looking at different wavelengths to to, to experiment with that on and, and uh Obviously, this, this Robota autopilot is going to help us because we'll be able to do the same pattern the same way, the same time, same altitude, and we know we're going to be getting the same results.
0: Well, that's nice to have, you know, a baseline, you know, plug your data yeah. points into. So that's great. I know sometimes, I mean, you know, the the, the search and rescue business, I mean, that's kind of just kind of. You know, uh, let's say the the facts of the business. I know sometimes people are like, ooh, but I mean, you know, that happens. I think the the forensic quality of that is as outstanding. It's like you said, things happen in nature. Um, and again, it's in a lot of these these cases, a lot of it's about closure. So we're helping out yep. with that. That's great. Um, a couple other things. I you know, again, we're going to be busy. I'm uh, I'm I'm heading to Orlando for the absi strategic planning meeting i'm going to be making more friends there we're going to i don't know <laughs> hopefully give some perspective on on uh, you know i get a lot of i mean i get bad, people call me from all over the world and say hey you know you need to do this and you got to do that and you need to talk about this and so i don't know if i'm the lightning rod or whatever but i hope to add some let's say positive perspective from the community so that ought to be good I will also be in New York uh, playing the big room at the Skirball Center at NYU for the Drones and Aerial Robotics Conference on the 11th and 13th of October which should be a a wing ding if you're in the area come on out actually more people are actually coming out to that Um, let's say industry people I think people are let's say that industry people have definitely their eyes are open that wait a minute it, this this uh, let's say end user drone community it is growing by leaps and bounds. They're here. They're they're loud. They're staying. Um, we better check out what's going on. Uh, would you agree with that? Is that what you've been hearing, Gene?
1: It we ain't going away, and it's going to happen. It's just at what speed. <laughs>
0: yeah and uh it, the tiger that they're gonna have by the tail the 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 regulator uh that's been you know that was prophesied years ago that this thing is gonna grow beyond your control, and we're already there um again, keep your eyes on the misomatic uh for updates and progress. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with the NPRM. We'll have to keep our eyes peeled for that one. There's other people telling me that stuff's happening this year where you're going to be able to fly. There's don't care. There's um, some smaller systems that are going to, have, I guess, get certification like aerovironment in, in situ got up there in, uh, in Alaska, which I, I, I don't know if I believe that, but, hey, you hear all kinds of stuff. But Anyway, that's about it for today. Gene, anything in closing, sir?
1: Uh, You know, we're just about to jump out there. Got to get out there and do some flying, so that's where we're off to.
0: All right. Well, good luck, and uh, have a good day, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Okay. Goodbye.